Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Psych. It is not Sparky. It is Sam Schmitz in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer this afternoon on Sparky's Midday Madness. Brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The Fan. Brought to you by the Lakeland University Studios. Offering evening and online master's programs. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Slash get started. As I mentioned, Sam Schmitz in for Sparky this afternoon. But before he leaves the building, I did want to talk to the one and the only, Robbie Makloff, who was filling in on the big show for Sparky today. And by the way, I listened to basically the entire show today. Mm-hmm. So entertaining. Right? So good to hear you, Gary, and Leroy back love, in the same show. It's I so, love being back with those guys. You guys are just too wild sometimes. But coming up on uh, Sparky's Midday Mass today, we'll talk a little uh, NBA Finals. Toby and myself will talk a little Brewers as well as... Uh, Probably hear from Matt LaFleur, who spoke today at Packers OTAs. Bet you didn't know that, Rami. But, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, like our, huh. like our foul ball conversation, that's my presser. So, <laughs> so we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur at OTAs at 245. But I did want to talk to you because when I was listening to the big show today, there was a couple of things that really made my ears perk up. The Do you refrigerate ketchup? That was one of them. Okay. Which I like you like you said. I didn't think that was really a a question. That's, like, but I was thinking like I'm kind of like in between you and Gary. Like when I buy ketchup, I don't put it in the fridge right away. But as soon as I use it, I put it in the fridge. Yeah. Same. But I just thought that was like a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, there's psychos out there. There's just like leave their ketchup in the that pantry just their, open. They just want room temperature ketchup. I okay. guess. Okay. By the way, I looked it up. You you won't get sick from it, but it will change color. The smell will change. Yeah, I heard the that. The taste will change. There's nothing in there that's going to go bad and like make you sick if you eat it. It's just going to change. The composition of it is going to change, and it's not going to taste Jeez. the same. All right, so that got me thinking though, because I think for uh, today's night's gourmet popcorn draft mockery on the Rami Show, we'll mm-hmm. do that at 4:45. I think mm-hmm. today we're going to do best condiments slash oh, sauces. Okay. Because I don't know if there's enough condiments, but we'll do some sauces too. Okay. But it got me a- included in that. What's that? Salad dressings included in that? Like ranch? Yeah. That's a condiment. Of course. Right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that at 445 for draft mockery. But it also got me thinking. I heard Tim Shea uh, give his rebuttal on this topic. That's a that's a psycho right the, there. Okay. But th- There's something wrong with you that. You don't like any toppings? Nothing. I like everything plain. <sighs> Just dry. Just some dry ass 
sausage, burger. <laughs> burger. <laughs> you put cheese on a burger? Yeah, I'll put cheese. Okay, good. I mean, but man, and I do like ribs. So you don't like, like barbecue ribs? You don't like ta- you don't like uh, condiments, but you like tomatoes, right? Yeah, salsa yeah. on a taco. That's a condiment, technically. See, I don't think salsa should be on a taco. Oh my! What's wrong with you, Tim? <laughs> Tim, come you on, guys man. heard you guys heard my taco. Oh jeez, right? Four one four seven nine nine. I'm off the clock, and I got to stay here and listen to this. Not what? for not for much longer. What? I just wanted to get. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. But I'm going to ask a couple questions because is it is it, a, it is a Kim and Lavoie Judgment Day on the Rami Show today? Yes. So along with a Brewers topic, I do have like one. Do, do you put ketchup on a hot dog? No, because I feel like Rami. I feel like. Not putting a catch, not putting ketchup or like anything on a hot dog. I feel like you're trying to be like those people with dogs off leash. You know what I mean? That that you shouldn't do it. That it's yeah. it's a crime against no, humanity. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I feel like you're just trying too hard. What do you mean I'm trying too hard? Uh, I just don't think it should be done. I'm a Chicago and I don't put ketchup on a hot dog. I don't like, even come think on. that's I don't even think that's a Chicago thing. I think that's 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 America. Tim, you, don't, you don't put ketchup on a hot up. dog. That's a Chicago thing. Yeah. I don't I don't, everyone I know like I know I people to, not from Chicago who are like, Yeah, you don't do that. Every, Every, everyone I know that I, even when I like I came out the womb and the first thing I remember is putting ketchup on a hot dog. If you're a child or you're eating yeah. some garbage hot dog, if you're eating some trash ass hot dog that's you know Made, here? made from leftover pig parts or, or beef parts. Like, yeah, throw whatever you want on that. But if you're having a quality <laughs> hot dog, if you're, if you're enjoying a quality all 100% beef hot dog and, and you're putting ketchup on it, you might, you're well, ruining it. You're putting ketchup. Do you put ketchup on a steak? I'm not a child anymore. I put ketchup and like, and mustard or like sometimes like instead of ketchup, I'll do barbecue sauce and sure. stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I've grown up a little bit, but I just feel like, you know, when I hear that, cause I, I have a friend, a former college roommate who was also from Chicago mm-hmm. and he does the same thing. He was like, oh, you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. It's childlike. It's childlike. I mean, I guess if you're from Illinois, but like everywhere else, I just feel like it's the norm. So we'll we'll talk about that later on too. Okay. But then the last thing about this whole food debate and all that is, so Tim likes tomatoes. I uh, you okay? Real quick, don't get me wrong. I like tomatoes, but I feel like it disappointed me now as I've grown up. It's like they're not cool anymore. It's like that one girl that you thought you had a crush on in high school, and then you grew up, and you're like, <laughs> you uh, lo- I was wrong. You lost your love for tomatoes. <laughs> well, it's just they're so tasteless, man. They what? add. They add nothing. You know, I went to. Uh, they the, add nothing. I went to the. <laughs> I went last. A lot of tomatoes are tasteless. And by the way, and I do put them in the fridge because they go yeah. bad so fast. If you don't putting tomatoes in the fridge, does it saps some of their taste? They don't have as much flavor when you okay. put them in the fridge. I can see that. But, but the th- other, the other thing is, um, that last year I went to the South Shore Farmers Market right on right on the lake there in yeah. Bayview, and I got some tomatoes from one of the stands there that just ruined. All other tomatoes for me. Like these things were the the most flavorful, juiciest tomatoes. Yeah, like when I've they're fresh. Fes- so every tomato after that, I'm just like, what do you call the little like tomatoes that are like paper. in salads and all that? There's a there. Well, there are two different kinds. There's cherry and grape. The round ones are cherry. The more oval ones are grape. If you're eating a salad, okay, but I'm talking like on a sandwich. That was just such a Tim Shea answer. Like I don't like condiments, but I love tomatoes. It's like, dude, the most tasteless, the most tasteless topping. In my opinion, that you could put on a burger. But bring, you know, you know why he likes tomatoes on his sandwiches. Was that because he makes his sandwiches so dry with no condiments <laughs> that the tomato is the only thing <laughs> bringing moisture to the table? Right. That's 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 <laughs> the only reason he likes tomatoes. To wrap up this conversation, I'm fearful of like not putting you know something on a hot dog or like something on anything like Tim Shea because I have just have the fear where like there was this one time where I was eating like either a burger or a hot dog 
And my mouth got really dry from eating whatever it was because I didn't have any toppings or condiments on it. And I thought I was going to die, man. I thought I was going to choke <laughs> like and you're die. Gonna choke on it? I had my life almost flashed in front of me. So, I, Tim, but because of him, we're now doing For a, me, like, so everyone's, like, you know, you're hungry. Like, you fall asleep on the couch. You wake up hungry, right? You go yeah. in the fridge. You're like, oh, what do we got here? And you, you just, like, grab a piece of bread mm-hmm. and you slap, like, a, a slice of turkey or ham or whatever deli right. meat just you might have around. You just slap quick. it out. You fold the bread in half and you take a bite. You're yeah. half asleep. For me, if there is no if there is no condiment on there, yeah. the whole thing is stuck to the roof of my mouth. Oh, it's terrible. It's just, bre- it's just dry bread Do you drink anything? and meat stuck I mean, to the like roof water of my mouth. Or like, you know, See, tea I'm, or whatever, but like that's it. Like iced tea. Again, I mean? I'm one of those weird people. Like right after I take a bite, I take something to yeah, drink. Yeah, that's because you're eating dry ass food with no, <laughs> no condiments, man. <laughs> that's not why. That's <laughs> why. Because your plate is the desert and you need you need you need you need you need moisture. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, okay. So when I heard that on the Big show today. I, I could not let that slip. I had to give my two cents and get some more thoughts on it. But anyways, Rami, I appreciate the time. I know my you're pleasure. a busy man. You got stuff to do, so I'll let you go Thank here. Thank you, sir. After this break, we'll talk about the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Brewers as well. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur. It is Sparky's Midday Madness with Sam Schmitz here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Welcome back into Sparky's Midday Madness, brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sam Schmitz in for Sparky this afternoon here. Just got done with talking with uh, food about Rami with Rami Makhlouf, Tim Shea. We'll get Toby, the little potato wedges, all tizers, thoughts on this later on. But we'll be talking some brewers all throughout the afternoon, some Packers. We'll talk to later on on the Rami show with me at 430. We'll be talking to Mark Simon of Sports Info Solutions. We'll talk to him about this Brewers team as well as some other teams across Major League Baseball. And coincidentally, I believe he's a Mets fan as well. So trust me, I did not know that going into booking him but we'll talk about this Brewers Mets series heavily too as well at 4:30 with Mark Simon coming up later on in the show we'll be talking about the NBA finals as well we'll hear from Matt LaFleur who spoke at Packers OTAs before the Rami show starts but did want to talk to you guys about the Brewers here 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 a.m the fan you can also comment on Facebook as well I don't forget about Facebook I'm like literally Everyone else here at the station, but we know you guys do comment there, so I'll try to get to some of your comments as well. But talking right now about there's so many things that we there's so many different ways that we can ask how do you feel about this Brewers offense and stuff like that. But I feel like we're getting a little redundant. But I do the main thing about this Brewers offense, I think everybody agrees, is that they are or should at a bat come trade deadline time for this Brewers team. And that's kind of the big topic that everybody wants to talk about, me including, because I think even before the season began, Rami and I, we were always saying that this team was probably going to add a bat at the trade deadline no matter what. And I think so far, and not just because of this previous eight-game losing streak that they had, it's not because of that, but it's just because of, look, I'm not surprised that they went on an eight-game losing streak because this is just what the offense is sometimes. I know they're banged up with injuries and all that, but at the same time, come trade deadline time, Colton Wong mate just be back you're only going to have like less than a month and who knows if everybody's still going to be healthy so realistically you're not even going to have a window to really judge this offense before the trade deadline as a whole because they haven't really had time to gel together as a team so I want to ask you guys we all know that they're going to add a bat probably and I assume I always assume that the Brewers will add like a bullpen arm too if not two just because it's always good to have numbers in the bullpen especially the middle relief as Injuries do happen across the season, but I want to ask you guys, when it comes to getting that bat or bullpen arm, I don't think there's a lot of guys in this current roster that have much stock come the trade deadline. The only two guys I can really think of are 
Tyrone Taylor and Keston Hira and like maybe one of the starters in the back end of the rotation went healthy. But even so, I don't think the Brewers want to sacrifice one of their starters before the trade deadline while the season's going on. So to me, Tyrone Taylor and Keston Hira realistically are like the only guys that have some value, even though Keston doesn't. But the reason I include him in there is because I just think Keston Hira and Tyrone Taylor with everyday playing time will probably be even better than what they are right now. And we see that with Keston Hira, certainly that he even struggles to find playing time, but because they don't have much guys on the, or many guys on this current roster that are somewhat tradable. The reason I'm uh, talking about this right now is because I'm, I'm wondering, and I've been talking about this, but I haven't heard from many Brewers fans. How much are you willing to trade the cream of the crop when it comes to these Brewers prospects, especially the hitting ones for, said bat or bullpen arm at the trade deadline, because I think that's probably going to be some of your only assets that you're going to have to trade at the trade deadline. 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250am the fan. How much are you guys willing to trade the cream of the crop when it comes to this Brewers farm system for said bat or two before the trade deadline? And to me, I've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, but I still believe it. I'm willing to trade damn near all these hitting prospects for whoever it is at the trade deadline because, in my opinion, there we ha- the Brewers have pretty much a three- to four-year window. And even if you want to go with Josh Hader, it's probably realistically a one- to two-year window because I don't know if the Brewers are going to pay him. I think they should, but I don't know if they will. But in that window, I don't know how many of these prospects are really going to contribute or actually – help the Brewers win a World Series because some of these top prospects that I hear Brewers fans constantly raving about, the Bryce Terangs, the Garrett Mitchells, guys like that, Joey Weimer too. Last I checked, Bryce Terangs hitting like 276 in the minors right now. And I don't know how much that's really going to help the Brewers. And the thing is too, with a lot of these hitting prospects, it takes about two to three years for them to really actually somewhat reach their potential. And I don't think the Brewers have any guys that you could call up today and could make much more of an impact than the guys that they have in their current roster. But I do think that some of these other teams around the league, especially for like a rental bat or something like that, now if it's a guy or a bat from another team that has years of control, you're probably going to have to pay a heftier price. But I do think if you get a rental, you could probably move some of these prospects that teams would want for, let's say, Andrew Benatendi, a J.D. Martinez, guys like that. So I'm just curious – Because me, myself, I'm willing to trade damn near everybody and anybody when it comes to this Brewers farm system. Ethan Small, I have a little bit of a hesitation because I'd like to see a little more of what he's got. But I do know that other teams do want what this Brewers farm organization has, especially in the current rotation, too, with some of these pitchers. So maybe Ethan Small I'm a little hesitant about. But if it's for the right guy or a guy with years of control that would help this Brewers offense for years to come, especially in this little two to four year window before you got to pay Corbin Burns and Josh Hader. I'm willing to trade them just because I think the Brewers need a world, win a world, win a world series and cash in before you have to trade, before you have to pay Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Josh Hader, et cetera. I think now's the time to do it. And I don't know how much of these prospects are going to help, but I do know that a lot of these other teams are probably going to want what the Brewers have, especially for like a Ben Attendee, maybe a JD Martinez, if the Red Sox are out of it. But 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250MFAM. Want to get your guys' thoughts on this. What do you guys – are you willing to trade pretty much some of the top hitting prospects or pitching prospects really too for that one bat or 
that one arm that you have in mind come trade deadline time because unless you guys can think of something else, Toby included after this break, I don't know that the Brewers have much in this current roster that other teams would be willing to trade for when it comes for a rental. I think you could probably package like a guy on this current roster and a prospect or two for like some of these rentals and stuff like that. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. We'll hit a break real quick. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 and the Fan. Sam Schmidt's in for Sparky this afternoon. We'll get your guys' calls on this and more coming up next here on The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 and the Fan. Sam Schmidt's in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer this afternoon. Also be hosting the Rami Show later on this afternoon as well. We're talking a lot of Brewers, a lot of Packers as well. And we'll talk with Mark Simon of Sports and Fellow Solutions at 4.30 to talk about the Brewers as well. We'll do a little draft mockery later on during the Rami show too. But asking you guys right now, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 and the fan. Talking about the trade deadline, when it comes to the trade deadline, how much are you willing to trade some of these top hitting or pitching prospects in this Brewers organiz- farm organization for that one bat? or those arms that you have in mind at the trade deadline. 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Let's get out to the phone lines. Nate on the north side. Nate, you're on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up? What's good, Sam? Um, for me, um, I would let go a few guys, probably like a Bryce Terrain, uh, a, a Gray, um, and then probably like, um, for me, probably like a South Felix, because um, I feel like he's probably – one of the guys that you could probably get the most for. Yeah, the um, last I checked, Freelick was like the highest ranked Brewers prospect in the top 100 for MLB. But I just want to ask you, Nate, because I, I like that. Those are the names that I have in mind when I came up with this question. Because I hear a lot of people don't want to trade Bryce Terang. I know Sparky's been very high on Bryce Terang the past couple of years and all that. But I mean, do you think that if those guys get called up, that they can help the Brewers within this next year or two or even three? And do you think that could actually help you win a World Series? That that's what I'm trying to get across here I, I, to me i don't know like i look i like bryce Turing. i've seen him a couple times in spring training and stuff like that but i don't know if he can help you win a world series like right now for me he's kind of blocked if, if if that makes sense yeah that makes sense for me it's you got your shortstop really adamant and i feel like he i think you got like a couple more years of control mm-hmm. under him and then you have Luis arias who could play second base um so I feel like he's kind of blocked. That's why I feel like it wouldn't hurt the Brewers as much to let him go because you kind of don't have any any place for him to play right now. Um, um, and then I say I would like to keep uh, – for me, I like the potential that Weimer and Mitchell are showing and, um, and with the way they're playing. And I feel like you're going to have to get one of those three, either Weimer, Mitchell, or Freelich, one of those guys are going to have to go because, like, they're like they're good prospects. So you're not going to be able to keep both of them. If you call a team and be like, "I want this guy," they're going to be like, "Well, which which one of those outfielders are you going to willing to give up?" Because those are those guys are the ones that's going to draw the most value um, in the system right now. So if it, if I had to choose, I'm I'm, I'm basically choosing South Freely because for me we. Uh, uh, Joey Weimer, I, I just like his power that he shows, um, and I feel like that can translate to when he does get called up. That can translate being um, that American Family Field is a smaller ballpark, mm-hmm. and you know he might have success here. And Mitchell, I just like his potential for, as far as um, being able to be probably a top of the order, like a one or two, or um, 
for us in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, and one one more thing, Nate, before I let you go here, I just want to get your thoughts because I, I hear that, like, when I ask a lot of Brewers fans, including, like, you know, Sparky or Rami or whatever, for me it's like Ethan Small. We all have that one prospect from the Brewers organization we have in mind where it's like, yeah, I'd be willing to trade these guys, but I don't know. I, I really want to hold on to this one guy. But if, if it meant, like, because let's be honest, a lot of Brewers fans, especially these past couple of days, I, I think we've realized that this Brewers team really doesn't have, like, an all-star or, like, as Rami and I like to call it, that dude in the middle of the offensive lineup that other teams fear but if it meant like trading that one guy that you cherish or you don't want to let go I know it's hard but if it means trying you know increasing your odds of winning a world series don't you think it's worth it yeah most definitely because um for me I have like for me it's like you only are going to get so many chances and that's what and that's what I think are uh that's what most Brewer fans for me most Brewer fans that's what they. That's what they want. They want a chance at it. You know what I mean? Like I just want to. Like I, I want to get there first, and then we can worry about winning it. Why we're winning? We're there, but I can't. We have to get there first. Yeah. And like that. Um. So like, if you if you got a guy that you think is going to help you get there, then it's worth the risk because at the end of the day, if you do trade the guy and the guy goes on to have a great career, you'd be like, okay, we got we we. We traded him, but we got our we got what we wanted. We got our World Series, or we got a we got a chance at a World Series, or we got two chances at a World Series. So, yeah, it's it's always worth it to get where you got to go. Mm-hmm. But that's the risk you take. If if you don't get there, you have to be willing to live with that decision. If the guy goes on to be uh, have a great career, you have to live with the decision that it's a chance that we might not get there. Or we might not, we might get there, but you gotta, you gotta be willing to live this. Sounds good, Nate. I appreciate the phone call. I'm sure we'll hear from you later on, whether it be the post game show and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, that's basically what I want to ask Brewers fans because I hear that a lot. Is yeah, I think we uh, need to trade for like this guy, or but you know, we'll give up a couple of prospects. But I don't think Brewers fans ask themselves, look themselves in the mirror, and be like, but would it, but would it mean giving up that guy that you don't want to give away in the Brewers farm system, like you said, like a Sal Free, like like a Joey Weimer, like a Garrett Mitchell. For me, it'd be like Ethan Small or other guys like that. And if it means trying to cash in in this window that I talk about with the Brewers before you have to pay Josh Hader or potentially trade him and before you have to pay Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, this little window that they have, I think those guys realistically probably aren't going to help the Brewers win a World Series in these next two, three years. I know it hurts to hear, but like, let's be realistic. Prospects, they really don't reach their potential until like year two or year three, unless they're a top prospect, which I know or I can at least say in confidence that I don't think the Brewers have right now in this farm system, especially in the hitting side, that I don't think they have a guy that can come up and produce right away. They don't have that phenom is what I'm essentially getting at. So I don't know. For me, 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250 on the fan. For me, like any of these guys that we talk about at the trade deadline, a lot of people are talking about Ben Attendi, J.D. Martinez, Brian Reynolds from the Pirates and stuff like that. If a man getting that bat that you need in the middle of the lineup or just somebody that can help you, look, a rental, I don't think it's going to cost you one of these top guys, but maybe for a guy with years of years of control after this year, which the Brewers tend to try to do, I think it would be worth trading one of those guys or two or even three just to increase their odds in trying to win a World Series. Because as I mentioned, looking at this Brewers lineup, I like a lot of these guys like uh, Willie Adamas, like a Rowdy Tellez, and thankfully Christian Yelch is finally putting together a hitting streak and looking better than he was before, I should say. Now he's in the leadoff spot. 
but they they probably don't have an all star. They probably don't have a guy that other teams fear when they look at the other lineup. So I don't know if it meant getting that guy for me, I'd be willing to trade a lot of these top prospects real quick before we hit a break. Toby, I did want to get your thoughts. Cause I feel like we were talking about this. I don't know if it was a day or two ago, but if it meant like trading those blue chip prospects for somebody with like years of control after this year, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd probably want to tra- you do that trade, right? Yeah, it just depends upon who it is. Again, like you mentioned, there there's certain guys that I'm going to have to get top dollar for. Yeah. I think some of these pitchers that you've mentioned, Ashby, to me, off the table. Same, yeah. I'm not Ethan trading Ashby. Ethan Small, I think, can be on the table, but for a hefty price. Mm-hmm. I'd consider, I know he's not a prospect, I'd consider Hauser out of the pitchers to maybe trade. And if you're looking at some of these hitters, I'd love to hold on to Joey Weimer, uh, Weimer, however you say his last name, Sal Freelick, and those guys. I'd definitely be willing to trade Terang, and I'd definitely be willing to trade Garrett Mitchell at this point yeah. if that means you're going to get someone that can come in. And like you said, if you can get someone that's going to be here for the next three seasons, then why wouldn't you consider trading one of those outfield prospects, even if it's a Freelick or a Weimer, and it's one of those guys that you don't – there's three guys right there that you could trade. So mm-hmm. I, I think you got to be willing to trade, and you, you, this is your window. Try and win right now. And you brought up a good point with uh, Adrian Hauser, and Nate brought up a good point with uh... – Bryce Terang and how those guys are kind of blocking some of these other prospects or being blocked because Bryce Terang, like like you said, Willie Adamas and Luis Arias, they're going to be here for the next couple of years. So I'm not sure how Bryce Terang is going to find a way up to the majors. So maybe he is definitely one of the guys on the trading block that the Brewers are shopping around for a rental or another guy like that, maybe a bullpen arm. But I would, I don't want to trade any of these current starting rotation pitchers, but maybe an Adrian Hauser or even Eric Lauer, I would maybe consider because we're starting to see Eric Lauer come back down to earth. I, I, I think all of us realized or thought that there's no way Lauer could have done what he did the entire season when he first started this year. But the way I see it is when this rotation's healthy, it's essentially a six-man rotation. And I thought the Brewers would maybe want to experiment a little longer with Aaron Ashby in the bullpen, see if you can make him like how they initially used Josh Hader uh, where he could come in at any time in the game and get you out of high leverage situations. But I think I'd, I'd be willing to trade like a Hauser or a Lauer if that meant getting back down to a five-man rotation for either next year or the years to come. Because truth be told, I don't want to do a six-man rotation next year if I'm the Brewers. And they've been pushing really hard for Aaron Ashby to be a starter, which he's definitely capable of, and he you know, always has had the potential. But that means, realistically, somebody's got to go from the starting rotation if they want to get back down to five. So if it meant getting – and it, I'm not trading Adrian Hauser or Lauer for, like, a rental. It'd be like we were talking about. It'd be probably one of these guys with a couple of years of control under their belt. I think I'd probably consider it because it's kind of like Adrian Hauser or some of these guys are blocking Aaron Ashby from becoming a part of this Brewers rotation for years to come. So I don't know. It's just something I wanted to dive into a little bit more. I wanted to get Brewers fans thoughts. We'll probably bring this back up uh, at five o'clock in the Rami show for pick a lane. If you guys want to call in about it too later on, if you didn't get to it, but because when I talk about the trade deadline, I hear a lot of Brewers fans saying, well, yeah, let's go get that. Let's go get this guy. We'll package a couple of prospects, but I don't think we have the conversation of, which of those prospects it would be and who would cost, you know, for what, essentially. So just want to talk about that a little more. Coming up next, we'll hit a break here, and then after this break, we'll talk about last night in the NBA Finals, Game 5, the Warriors win, and now they have a 3-2 lead. But it's been an interesting process this series, and I know some Bucks fans are probably feeling pretty good after last night, but we'll talk about this series along with myself and Toby 
After this break, it is Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Sam Schmidt's in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer this afternoon on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Bounce back in a big way. Wiggins drives and finishes! Exclamation point from Andrew Wiggins! Has gotten his opportunity and has taken full advantage of it. It's not how you drive, it's how you arrive. Mama, there goes that man. 158 remaining. The Warriors the championship DNA shows. <laughs> All right. Don't you love that? Yeah, we got to talk about that. Highlight courtesy of ABC as the Warriors last night win game five of the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics, 104-94, to the final score. Warriors now with a 3-2 lead in the Finals. I believe the next game is on, I don't even know. Toby, do you know when the next game is? Yeah, Thursday night. Okay, there we go. Thursday so night. Warriors could potentially close out the series, but what I was laughing right there coming out of break. Once again, it is Sparky's Midday Madness brought to you by the Milwaukee Admiral Sam Schmitz and for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer along with Toby Altizer on the other side. But I was laughing there because I find Mark Jackson's um, – slogan like mama there goes that man as like the most ridiculous thing ever oh i love that i love it but if you just take a step back and think about it it makes no sense there goes that man i I heard like a bill burr like rant on it one day and it it, i totally like realized like yeah it is a weird thing to say like who what what is the origin of that is there like (laughs) it's true i'm not gonna point out to my mom hey mom check this dude that was that was that was bill burr's whole point he's like who's walking down the street like a mom and their child and, like, you know, the, the kid just goes, Mama, there goes that man. Like, what does that mean? And how did that originate? I just think it's, I think it's silly. I like it, you know, but 
It just makes me laugh it is every a time odd. I hear it. A little odd. But anyways, uh, we're talking about the NBA Finals before we hear from Matt Lafleur coming up next or next segment here on Sparky's Midday Madness. As I mentioned before, Warriors take a three-two lead in the series after winning last night. The story of these last two games, especially for the Warriors, has been Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins is it took what, a couple of years and like a finals MV or a finals appearance for him to finally look like the number one overall pick potential that we were promised when he came into the league. But Andrew Wiggins has been the storyline of these past two games, despite Steph Curry almost carrying the Warriors in their first in their first like victory or so, even in uh their second win as well. But Andrew Wiggins in the last game, despite Steph scoring 40 points in the, in the previous one, in game four, Andrew Wiggins is now leading the Warriors back-to-back games and rebounds on their team, which is just insane. Because in game four, he set not only a playoff high for him for rebounds, Andrew Wiggins, but he also set a career high in game four for rebounds. It's the most, most rebounds he's ever had in a game. For Andrew Wiggins and the Warriors need it because I thought coming into the series that Kevon Looney and Draymond Green would be enough over like Al Horford and Daniel Tice especially to out-rebound the Celtics but that's been a big issue for the Warriors in these two games that they've lost they've been pretty much out-rebounded and Andrew Wiggins has been taking over on that phase of the game but also scoring wise too last night Andrew Wiggins 12 for 23 from the field 0 for 6 from 3 but man oh man he was looking like Kansas Jayhawk Andrew Wiggins that we all knew coming into the league that this guy had potential to be a, a scorer. I wouldn't say an elite scorer, but he was looking very well last night. 26 points for Andrew Wiggins. Steph Curry with 16 points, 7 for 22. Didn't for make a three. That's yeah. the wild part. I just saw that right as I was re- I just saw that right now. I did not realize that Steph Curry 0 for 9 from three last night. Holy cow. And they still win the game by 10 points. But the big story of the NBA Finals for the Warriors is Ever since they flipped the switch here, now they have a 3-2 lead. Steph Curry is going to do what he does besides this last game to carry this Warriors team. But really, up until last night and the game beforehand, Klay Thompson and Wiggins and even Jordan Poole weren't really giving Steph Curry all that much help. And Draymond Green has just been, I don't know, Draymond Green's an enigma. Draymond, man. Yeah, I mean, but even so, like, he's not making any threes. Like, usually he'll hit, like, one or two threes, but... Everybody, this the supporting cast for the Warriors is finally stepping up in these two games, specifically Andrew Wiggins, and he spoke last night after the win as well. You know, something I've dreamt about for sure, you know, uh, being in the league and, you know, this is the ultimate, ultimate stage. Um, it doesn't get bigger than this. Um, so I was out there just being aggressive and, you know, it was a, it was a good game. And it wasn't just him last night. Jordan Poole had some amazing three-pointers last night as well. One was a buzzer beater that was almost from three-quarters of the half court. And Jordan Poole, four for eight last night, three for six from three with 14 points. But Gary Payton the second also stepping up for the Warriors with 15 points as well for them. I look at this Warriors uh, box score right now, and it's so weird because it looks like a regular season box score because they're they're so deep. They rely on so many guys all throughout the game for – whether it be a minute or five minutes or for Gary Payton the second, 26 minutes and 14 for Jordan Poole. Like, you you don't really see that from NBA teams in the playoffs. Like, a lot of times in the playoffs, they really shorten it down to like an eight-man rotation. But the Celtics and the Warriors have been going deep into their teams and their bench for these NBA finals. But 
Toby, I know these are your beloved Boston Celtics, <laughs> but I heard um, I listened to the JJ Reddick podcast, The Old Man in Three, which is also part of the Odyssey family, and you can find it on your Odyssey app. You gotta as well. check that out. That's great. But uh, they had Tyrese Halliburton on there a couple of days ago, former Oshkosh native, and he was getting grilled for saying he had a hot take that Andrew Wiggins was the toughest defender that Jason Tatum was going to face in the playoffs this year. And JJ Reddick and his co-host, I forget his name, but they rightfully so you know, disrespected him by saying, what, oh, so Drew Holiday wasn't a, you know, a test and all that. And um, P.J. Tucker for the Heat, I was blanking. I'm like, who did they face? Well, but P.J. Tucker for the Giannis Heat. Yeah. having to switch on to, I, I don't but, know about but that. But they were saying, like, what, so those guys weren't the toughest matchup for Jason Tatum throughout the series? But you kind of saw it last night. Like, I think it's probably the size differential between those mm-hmm. guys and uh, Andrew Wiggins for Jason Tatum. But Wiggins has given Tatum some uh, frustrations on defense. Well, you've got to feel like if you're Boston and you're a fan of that team that you let one get away. I mean, you shut down Stephen Curry. He didn't even knock down a three, and he's been carrying this team. For the most part, everything that you've been used to seeing in the series was flipped. You know, The Celtics usually are the team that is playing well, and then the third quarter the Warriors get going, and then the Celtics or whoever is going to come out in the fourth ultimately wins that thing, whereas last night the Warriors were going, the Celtics came back in the third, and then you know the Warriors end up coming back and winning, and then the other thing that got flipped is usually it's been Stephen Curry dragging around the weight of his teammates yeah. and him being able to overcome the woes of them, and yet this time it was them being able to make up for a poor shooting night from Stephen Curry. The first victory for the Warriors in this series against the Celtics, Curry really did carry the you know the Golden State Warriors against the Boston Celtics. But thankfully, a lot of the supporting cast for the Warriors, like Wiggins, like even Klay Thompson, his partner in crime, finally are stepping up to what we were talking about and expecting from them before the series, except for Toby Altizer and his beloved Boston Celtics. I kid, I kid. <laughs> but uh, Andrew Wiggins also spoke about them being one game away from closing this out last night. Everyone's just excited, you know, just showing love and, you know, support. and Everyone's happy, you know. We're one one win away from, you know, winning a championship, you know. So everyone's excited. I'm just curious, though, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Toby, is that I think, you know, before – Last night in the game beforehand, like I thought, okay, well, if the Warriors win this, Steph Curry is finally going to get that Finals MVP that he has been. It's been so elusive from him all throughout these appearances. With Iguodala winning it in the first one against the Cavaliers, and then Kevin Durant going back to back Finals MVP when he was with the Warriors. Then, so I was like, oh, okay, you know how the NBA loves their storylines and all that. Like maybe this is the year that Steph Curry finally wins the Finals MVP. But if Andrew Wiggins is you know putting up career highs and rebounds, and then he's also putting up 26 points or even just carrying this team for spurts for the Warriors. Like I know Curry, like we were talking about, he's been carrying the Warriors for the most part, except for last night, which I still can't believe he didn't make a single three. But if Wiggins keeps this up, do you think that Wiggins could potentially be finals MVP? Because if he, if he does this for one more game and they close it out, I think that could certainly be the case. Yeah, it would have to be a case where Stephen Curry has another poor game and Wiggins kind of carries them to a victory. At this point, you've had – you know, as many games from Wiggins carrying the team to victory as yeah, Stephen Curry, if not right more now. Steph Curry yeah. than Wiggins still. So it'd have to be a thing where Steph only scores 15 to 20 points and Wiggins goes for another 28 to 30 performance, and then maybe you can consider it. But even so, Andrew Wiggins will have to be clearly the guy in order for mm-hmm. them to beat out the narrative of Stephen Curry winning one. I mean, if you're setting, if you're leading the team back-to-back games and rebounds, and like I said, in game four, Steph Curry was still doing his thing, but they clearly probably weren't going to win that game without Wiggins cleaning the board like he was. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably going to take Curry another night where he goes 7 for 22 or something like that. And still can't believe he didn't make it three. You're probably right. I, th- I, think, I do think Curry is probably going to win finals MVP, but if there's somebody that was going to take it on his own team, if the Warriors do win this, I'm not, I don't want to count out the Boston Celtics because they're certainly a, a tough defensive team, as we've seen against the Milwaukee Bucks. But I do think if the Warriors win it, that's either going to be Curry or Wiggins for finals MVP. But, man, the last thing, too, on this NBA finals matchup, I can't help but watching the Golden State Warriors against the Celtics and thinking, man, what if it was the Bucks? right now instead of the Boston Celtics because uh, actually on this show I think before the NBA season even began I was filling in for I forget who it might have been Daniel Plucker at the time I was with Sparky on Midday Madness here and we were making our preseason predictions and Sparky being the bold guy he is I hate doing this before the season even begins but he wanted us to do our uh, finals MV or finals predictions and I went with the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks and I took the Bucks winning but as the season began and as the playoffs went on, I was like, eh, I don't know. Because the thing is, like, I think Giannis would be a matchup nightmare for this Warriors team. They couldn't stop him, no. Yeah, even for Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. But like, the thing is, too, I, I, I feared the Warriors because they just have that one thing that no other team has. They have the greatest shooter, obviously, in NBA history. But when, the, when, when Curry and Thompson and Poole all get hot, it doesn't matter if you have a defensive nightmare like Giannis or – offensive defensive nightmare whatever you want to call it if those guys get hot from three there's nothing you can do to stop it and I think that the Warriors would have certainly some of those games if they did face the Bucks. but man it got me thinking because I just know for a fact like you said Toby there's no way they could stop Giannis this Golden State Warriors team so it's just thankfully I hope the finals wraps up sooner than later I hope it doesn't go like seven games and all that I would like to see the Warriors uh, just wrap it up in this next game even though the closeout ones are always so tough but uh, it's just so painful as a Bucks fan watching, knowing that the Bucks, if Chris Middleton would have stayed healthy and if he would have came back in the conference finals, it probably would be in this NBA finals and giving the Warriors a run for their money. But anyways, we'll see and we'll talk about what happens in this next game later on the week and all that. But coming up next, we'll take a quick break here. We'll hear from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, who spoke at Packers OTAs before the Rami show begins. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur next. On Sparky's Midday Madness with Sam Schmitz in for Sparky this afternoon on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.